so I had to really look at every everything that I had always thought for myself and ask myself, is this really mine or is this not? Is this something that I took on from maybe my education or society or my family or things like yeah. that? So it was really looking at everything and that I had always believed in and ask myself, is this true for me? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Calm Collective Podcast. I'm Cassandra, and I am so thankful that you're here today. This episode just lit me up in so many different ways. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Today, we are talking with Sarah Lewis, who is an intuitive life coach. And for those of you who have been tuning into this podcast and over on the Calm Collective blog, you know how passionate I am about really tuning into your intuition and letting that be the guiding force for your life. So when I first found Sarah on Instagram, it was one of those things where every single thing that she posted, my heart was on fire, my hands would get tingly, my head would just be nodding up and down, and I just could not get enough of her messages and just the way that she lives her life and decides to share with all of us. When Sarah and I got to talking, I also really resonated so much with her ability to really tune into her intuition before it was something that was like really even being talked about. I think intuitive living and um, self-care and self-love are really coming to the surface right now um, as far as being hot topics, which I'm so grateful for. And I hope that they don't go anywhere because they truly are so vital to living our most authentic and the richest life possible. So when Sarah and I got to talking and she started talking about how she was stuck in this corporate job and living the life that she thought she was supposed to live, I could relate so deeply with my, uh, should we call it a past life? When I was living in corporate before I decided to take my creative journey towards being a full-time photographer. And I just thought that was so interesting. I never had any sort of inkling or clue that that was her life before being an intuitive life coach. So I really encourage you guys to listen to this episode, especially for those of you who can relate to either feeling stuck in a position of living a life that just doesn't feel true to your insides, um, but also for anyone who just feels like they're on autopilot. This is a really good episode just to sort of shake yourself awake a little bit. Um, Sarah gives a lot of really great, attainable, so easy and simple to do tips um, that you can implement into your life every single day, every single morning. And also she talks about the different types of intuitives that there are. Um, Again, so those of you who might not be familiar, I really encourage you to listen. You will definitely learn something amazing and take away a lot from this episode. Before we get started, I would be so grateful if you would just take 30 seconds to head over to iTunes and rate and review this podcast. It truly is the most helpful way for this podcast to grow organically and to also land in the laps of those who might need some mindfulness in their day-to-day lives. So really, I appreciate it so much if you just take that 30 seconds to, to do that for me. I would be so grateful. Thank you so much and enjoy this episode. I will see you on the other side. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you've taken the time to be here, especially with the drastic time change with you being all the way in Dubai. Hi, Cassandra. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited for this conversation. Me too. I cannot wait for people to hear from you. I just know it's going to be so good. So I always like to start out my interviews by asking my guest to paint a picture for those who are listening. So can you tell us a bit about your current surroundings and what life is looking like for you right now in this present moment? Yes, of course. So um, I'll just start by saying that I recently moved to Dubai. So I just been, I've been here since November last Mm -hmm. year. So it's been very new and a lot of changes going on in my life, but it's been really great. So I'm, I'm very happy about it. And obviously the weather over the winter was great here, so I can't complain about mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and uh, I've been really focusing a lot on my uh, business this year. 
uh, especially, and uh, working on all kinds of projects. So that's super exciting. And yeah, and connecting with people all over the world. So that's, that's really amazing. And I love doing that. Mm, That's so good. So you live in Dubai now, but where are you originally from? So I'm uh, from Switzerland, but I'm also American. Okay. So my dad is the U.S. and my mom is Swiss and I've lived most of my life in Switzerland, but I was born in the U.S. Oh, wow. That's so fascinating. I love Switzerland so much. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a beautiful little country. So what was your childhood like living in Switzerland? Well, so... Um, I came to, I went to Switzerland when I was, um, only like three or four years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I was born in the U S and, uh, we moved a lot actually when I was growing up. Um, uh, we moved a lot in the U S because, um, at that time my dad, um, was working as an optician and it was that time where the big corporations were kind of taking over that business and mm-hmm. he was um, losing his job often and because everything was going out of business, the smaller smaller businesses. So we moved a lot there. And um, then we moved to Switzerland, back to the US, back to Switzerland. Wow. And uh, yeah, so I moved quite a bit. I moved actually 13 times before <gasps> I was 12. Oh my gosh. Uh, quite a bit. And but the good thing about it is that I, I have a lot of memories from a very early age, like when I was two or three, I can remember a lot from then, which is, I think, unusual. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. I think it's. <laughs> and uh, then in Switzerland, I we moved a bit as well, but, but not as much. And um, and I, I had to go to five or six different schools there. So that's where I, I went to school in Switzerland. My, my whole scholarship was like there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, schooling, sorry. No, um, and, um, and it was pretty normal, but the thing is that I, I didn't have many friends because since I was changing schools so often, it was hard to really, really make friends and be accepted and all that. So it was quite difficult on that side. And I was a little bit an outsider. I was always taking books and reading during the school breaks. And mm-hmm. I had a lot of, um, of kids make fun of me for no reason, really. Mm-hmm. And it was it was pretty difficult. So that was that was a hard time when I was growing up. And um, and I was really uh, just always like reading or or writing stories. I used to love to do that. <laughs> and I used to uh, imagine having friends, which can, mm. kind of sounds sad a little bit. But no, that like breaks time, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I had a vivid imagination. So it was, mm. it was pretty cool. And I like imagine all kinds of things. So it was pretty cool in that way. And I really just wanted to have a best friend and mm-hmm. I wanted a sister. And then my sister came when I was six. Aww. So that was, um, that was really that was a cool time, and we became best friends. Obviously, not right away because mm-hmm. you know there's a age gap, mm-hmm. but but later on we became really really close, and and um, she's kind of my my best friend even with those six and a half years apart. So yeah, and then um, I just had a kind of a normal life, uh, and I went on to study law in a university. Oh wow, because it's a little bit different system in in uh, Switzerland it's not like I know for you it's it's like college and and then you go to law school and all that I think Mm -hmm. but for us it's basically you do high school and then you go on to university and uh, that's what you you study basically almost well most people study one subject or a few for the whole like bachelor and master degree so I did I studied law and it wasn't something I was really into. I just did that because it's, I think it was the easy choice or what was mm-hmm. expected of me. Mm-hmm. And I guess a part of me just went with what was um, in my comfort zone. I wanted a stable career, a good income. And also that's what everyone told me that I should do. And I didn't really question it. I did a little bit because I knew I was more creative and I was I was interested in many other things like uh, languages or creative things and stuff like that. But I just, I guess I just went with law because I thought it would be, it would be the easy and uh, safe bet. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I kind of, I quickly realized that I wasn't going to be happy on that path. So Mm -hmm. 
I did five years though. That was that wow. was a really long time that to do something time. that you don't love, and I was just doing that. So it's not like I don't know. Maybe for you, you have different um, different subjects that you're studying, mm-hmm. but I was just studying law, so all kinds of different laws, and some more interesting, but. Like it was, it was difficult to be honest. It was like not, not the best years, but um, I finally decided after after doing all that that I didn't want to continue because after the master you can go on to become a lawyer and you have to do another law like law school basically. This only six months and then you do a um, traineeship or internship for mm-hmm. two years almost. So it was really getting very long. Um, and I decided not to do that, although everyone was telling me, yes, you have to do this, obviously, because, you know, it's the traditional path. So you kind of have to follow that. Right. But I, I t- it took a while, but I finally listened to that little voice inside my head mm-hmm. that's been trying that had been trying to tell me what to do. And that that was my path. And I finally decided to take my courage and stop there. So that was a little bit hard, but I'm really, really happy that I did that. Um, and after that I traveled and all that. So maybe we can talk about that a little bit later, but that's basically, that was my, (laughs) my, um, childhood to kind of almost now. Yeah. I love stories like that when people, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat where after college I went into advertising because just like you, I was like, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to have like a corporate nine to five job. And it just was so soul sucking. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't that the people were terrible. It was just like, I knew in my head and in my heart and like in my soul that I was not designed to have this kind of a job. Um, and so just like you, yeah, I just like jumped off a ledge and I was like, okay, like what's next? How can I utilize my creative spirit and make a living off of it? So did you end up traveling and then fell into your intuitive life coach business or how did that, how was that born? So yeah, that's an, that's an interesting uh, story because I think what happened is that, so I I always say that I don't regret studying law, even if it wasn't my path, because Mm -hmm. I think it got so obvious that it was, like you said, soul sucking and so not aligned with what I wanted. And I just felt I wanted more. And I felt that that just wasn't it. Mm -hmm. So I think it got so unbearable that I had, I was forced back in side of me and I had Mm -hmm. to do the inner work and really face what was going on. So it was a, it was like a hard time because everything was happening. And I was at the same time, like having to do the inner work and, and saying like having to tell my family, obviously that I wasn't going to continue that career Mm -hmm. path. Um, and I felt like I was disappointing them. I didn't want to, to be judged and criticized and all that. Um, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, Mm -hmm. but so then, yes, I, I I decided to travel and I actually traveled with my sister. That was beautiful. We went to Australia and Vietnam and we did a beautiful trip that was like, I think it was four months. So that was really, really nice. And I think at that time I really started to, to be more, um, in tune with myself and, and I started reconnecting to myself. I had started the process before, obviously, but it was really, it was really just like getting deeper and deeper. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was intense, but it was really beautiful. And I'm so happy that I did that. And after traveling, I had all these ideas of, I knew I wanted to ultimately like start a business. I just didn't know what, Mm um, like I said, I was always like, creative. So I had many, many ideas, but I wasn't sure which one to follow. So, um, when I got back to Switzerland, I, I kind of had to find a job. So I worked in philanthropy for, for about a year. Mm. And, um, Mm. it was, it was something that I, I was really, I felt was a, a good choice for me at that, at the time, because I, I was going to be around people and doing something for kind of a cause and all that. Yeah. So it was, it sounded exciting, but then it was just another office job. So I kind of felt like I wasn't really doing anything with purpose or meaning, even if like the idea was great. It wasn't my, mm-hmm. my work wasn't as exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I decided because I felt at some point I, I, I remember I felt so lost and I was like, this is not what I want either. So I don't want to just have this, this nine to five job that's not in law, but that's still kind of in the corporate world. I, I, I can't just live for this. Mm-hmm. So I, I was already into like self-development and, and health and wellness and all that. But I felt I needed a little bit of support, so I reached out, and that was my that was a really good idea. That I that was my probably one of the best decisions I've made um, to a, a life coach who also is um, a healer and she does all kinds of things. She's amazing, and I worked with her for a bit, and just like it, it, it happened so perfectly because I reached out to her and I decided to start working with her. And then I heard of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, so IAN. And at that time, I was like, oh, this is the sign I've been asking for. This is probably, this is what I need to do. And it was, it was just happened like two days after I reached out to that coach. So it was really amazing. So I decided to enroll at IAN and I studied there while doing that work with my uh, life coach. So it was mm-hmm. really um, amazing because I was doing the inner work and I was also finally kind of finding my path. Um, and like I said, I was interested in health and wellness and all that kind of thing. And um, so it was really it was really cool to, to study there. And what I really liked about it was the holistic approach because it's really about holistic health. Like mm-hmm. they train holistic health coaches Um, So it's not just about the food. It's also about all aspects of life. And that was so important to me. So like your work, your relationships, spirituality, and all that. So Mm. it just felt really, really amazing. And after a bit, I realized that I, I didn't really want to focus on the food aspect too much, although it is really important in my life. But what was even more important was what had helped me the most. And that was the inner work and connecting to my intuition. That's what really changed my life. So I felt that that's what I needed to focus on in my coaching business. Mm. So yeah, yeah, that's how it happened. So when you talk about inner work, so I've talked about this a little bit on my, on the podcast as well, like my experience, but what, if you're willing to share, what was some of your inner work process? Like, what are some things that you did? Mm. Yeah, well, I think it's, starts with really having to face a lot of the maybe deep-rooted um, things that we have that that are not necessarily ours, like fears mm-hmm. and doubts and all kinds of limiting beliefs and beliefs that are not necessarily limiting, but that are just not our own. And yes. also the goals. So I kind of said that with the law because, um, like I said, I studied law because I thought that was my goal but it wasn't. So I had to really look at every everything that I had always thought for myself and ask myself, is this really mine or is this not? Is this something that I took on from maybe my education or society or my family or things like yeah. that? So it was really looking at everything and that I had always believed in and ask myself, is this true for me? Mm-hmm. And and releasing, like at least starting the process of releasing what wasn't in alignment with my truth. And I think that's always evolving and changing. So it's not a work that you do once and then never again. It's something that you're always working Mm -hmm. with, right? Yeah. And the beautiful thing is that once you start once you start that process and you get familiar with it, it's almost just like the self-awareness takes over, right? So like when things do start to change, it's almost second nature to go in and ask yourself those questions. Like, is this mine? Like what you said, yeah. which is a really beautiful thing. Yeah. So I think it can put some people off like the inner work because it just sounds like a lot of work and it really is, but it does become a little bit of second nature. I think in my experience anyway, you just start to trust yourself. Exactly. It's like the foundation to everything else. Mm -hmm. Like 
if you really work on, like I, like I like to say that a lot, if you work on your relationship with yourself and, and do like, like we said, the inner work, the mm-hmm. soul work and all that, then it really just reflects in every area of your life and every relationship and everything that you do. So it does also become second nature and it just changes your, your life so much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I want to talk about the intuition a little bit. Well, actually a lot. That is the topic of today. But as far as living intuitively, um, this is something else that I talk about all the time. I'm such a firm believer, which is why I just gravitate towards everything that you do so much. But um, I'd love for listeners to get your perspective on what it means to live intuitively. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting topic that I'd love to talk about also. Um, well, it can mean so many things to like for it can be different for everyone, but to me it's really about starting to slow down and tune in and really connect to yourself and to your heart. So I think for most of my life I was always living up in my head and and analyzing everything, second guessing my, myself all the time, and just being so caught up in my head, and like, what would what will they think if I say this, and and all that? I, I don't know, like that crazy inner dialogue, mm-hmm. um, that the monkey brain, obviously never <laughs> goes away, but um, but just it has been about coming back to my body and like meditation and yoga really helped with that because it's connecting to your breath, connecting to your body and coming back into, into that. Because I think like I was so disconnected uh, for a bit from my body and, and really not in alignment with, with it and not really doing always the best choices. Although I was interested in health, I wasn't always listening to what my body really needed. So I think that was really the first step to slow down and come back into this body that I'm in and then connect to, to my heart, my heart space that I love to call that too. Um, and my intuition and start really paying attention because I feel like intuition is always trying to, to guide us and to communicate with us in different ways. And it can really use the body as a way to communicate with us and, and send us messages. So if you start just paying attention to your body, then you can really, really start connecting to your intuition actually. And, um, and yeah, intuition is really always trying to guide us. We just need to pay attention and listen. Mm-hmm. And the example, I think it's an example I use a lot, but just for me, the law and studying and all that, I, I, I heard this little voice inside my head that was telling me that it wasn't quite right, but I still, I still went and studied for five years and I kind of tried to silence it, ignore that little voice inside of me. But at some point I think it had to get louder because I wasn't listening. Oh yeah. Yeah. And another thing I think is important is that it's, it's not because I mean, I prefer to listen to my intuition and, and really pay attention and go with what it's trying to tell me. But sometimes just being aware of what it's trying to tell you is enough. And maybe you can't quit your job right away, for example, or do something like move to another country right away. But just being aware that it's there mm-hmm. somewhere, I think it's really a really good start. Mm-hmm. It's just plant, it's planting a seed for you to... <laughs> Yeah, to lean into a little bit more and see how that feels. And I loved what you said about how I think that's where people get a little confused is because the intuition, I I feel like, like you said, it's something that you feel with your body. Whereas when you're coming from your ego, it's like mm-hmm. that, it's that monkey brain effect, right? It's all like from the neck up. But with your intuition, it's that feeling of like getting the tingling in your hands or the rapid heartbeat or the sinking gut feeling like that's your intuition communicating with your body. So I love that you put some, um, some attention on how you can really feel when your intuition is trying to communicate. I think that's so important. Exactly. And I think there's a slight difference between those feelings that you just described and the emotions that our head creates, Mm -hmm. like all the thoughts that we have, we can, 
um, easily get anxiety or fears or even just excitement and things like that. But those are more emotions and they're usually created by our thoughts and the feelings that you described are kind of just in our body. And those are really usually they come from the intuition. So I, I kind of like that distinction. Mm-hmm. So there's several different types of intuitives out there. And I actually took your quiz on your website and I'm, yeah, I'm clairvoyant, which for those of you who don't know, that means that I can see visions and that a lot of the times, like if I'm struggling with a decision or waiting for the answer, it'll appear in my dreams and I'll wake up remembering that vision or wake up knowing what I need or want to do. Um, I've known that I was clairvoyant for a while based on my own research and having a few readings done, but it was so cool to get that information or that affirmation through your quiz as well. What kind of um, intuitive are you? What did you get? Yeah, that's so cool that you did that. Um, Well, I am also clairvoyant, actually, Mm. but I also have the clairsentient, so I have kind of both. Okay. Um, So I get the visions and uh, the dreams, the vivid dreams and all that. But I also um, feel in my body usually. So I get a gut feeling or mm-hmm. like you said, like hearts, I feel in my heart. That's usually it's, it can be both. So obviously it can be different things for different people and you can have two different types, mm-hmm. but there's the dominant type. So yeah. But it's really cool that you did it. And yeah, I loved it. It was so great. I encourage everyone listening to go take it. It doesn't take long at all, but it's really, really informative. And it's cool because it makes you go inward and like really ask yourself those questions. Like, how do I really handle X, Y, and Z? Um, and just like you, yeah, I have that deep knowing as well, but I know it's circumstantial. Like it, the deep knowing really comes at um, at certain points in my life where the clairvoyance, like the visions, um, that's generally when I'm struggling with a decision. So I think that's mm-hmm, pretty yeah. fascinating. Yeah. So can you explain all of the different kinds for people who might be unfamiliar? Sure. So the clairvoyant type is um, usually, like you said, you get uh, vivid dreams and visions and you're also more visual. So mm-hmm. what's great to do um, if you're a clairvoyant is to kind of um, do visualizing exercises. That's That can be really useful to strengthen your connection to your intuition and how it communicates best with you. Um, what's an example of that? Excuse me? What's an example of an exercise like that? Um, so if you, if you, for example, if there's a dream that you, that you really want to um, make manifest in your life, uh, mm-hmm. if there's something that you really want, uh, the best way to do that is to maybe visualize it happening. So mm-hmm. just do visualizing exercises every day. Uh, that can really be helpful. Or also, like you said, if you have um, a, a question or something like that, you can ask it before before going to bed mm. or before meditation as well. And and usually you can get like, it might not happen to everyone, but you can get dreams or mm-hmm. visions during meditation or something like that. So that could be that could be really useful. Mm-hmm. Um, then that actually a lot of people who did the quiz are clairvoyant as well. So that's probably so interesting bit of people yeah and it does take a Uh, trust muscle for sure because like I'll see visions sometimes and I'm like no like that was my imagination I made that up so it really does require being able to lean into the truth you know and not a not be afraid of the truth um Mm -hmm. and b yeah just like really trust what you're seeing is there for a reason Exactly. And I, I think it comes with practice also, because mm-hmm. at first you may not know if it's, um, like you said, if it's your intuition or if it's just your imagination. Mm-hmm. And I think with time, you will start really knowing. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Um, and the second type is a clear audience. So it's, um, it's not many people. And it's usually like you hear a voice or something like that. It can be your own or it can be another, like someone else's voice or just like the, a voice that you, that you created. Mm-hmm. And it's usually like, um, for example, you, you're in a situation and suddenly you like hear, don't do this or something or stop or something like that, that, that can, that can be really, that can mean that you're clear audience. Um, and so it's, it has a lot to do with sound. So it's usually people who um, are really good at just like ha- um, hearing an information and then remembering it. Mm. Uh, it's not really my strength, but mm. um, 
a good, a good way to practice for these people is to also do all kinds of, um, uh, I recommend like mantra meditation. So just like, or, or chanting that can really mm-hmm. be useful because it has to do with sound and vibration and also sound healing. So like with, the um, Tibetan bowl, I think yeah. there's singing bowl or Tibetan bowl healing. So yeah, that's, that can be really helpful, but it can be for everyone as well. So but I'm just like trying to categorize. Yeah, no, it's um, great. Then there is a clairsentience. So that is usually you will get more feeling like a gut feeling or um, like tingling in your hands, like you described or, or something in your heart. So yeah, if you have these feelings in your body right away, like you feel this is, this is right for me. This isn't, or if you feel like, weird around certain people or certain situations, then Mm -hmm. it could mean that you are clairsentient. Mm -hmm. And it's really good to practice really just like being in your body, maybe doing body scans every day. um, As when you just wake up, for example, you can do a body scan and see how your body's feeling. Um, Again, this can be great for for so many people, but uh, it's a great way to start paying more attention. Mm -hmm. I also, I had a healing once with somebody who had mentioned, you know, that I had a a really strong, deep knowing and that, I mean, Reiki is really important for everyone, I think, balancing Mm -hmm. the chakras. But he had said for people who feel on such a deep level, it's like doing Mm -hmm. the body scan and doing it with your chakras one by one is really, really important as well. Yeah, that is so powerful to really, mm-hmm. um, and then you can also, you can do, you can do both. If you're kind of like me, uh, clairsentient and clairvoyant, you can also, uh, do the body scan and visualize the chakras oh, and the yeah. colors and all that. So that can be really oh, I'm gonna try a good that. combination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's really cool. Um, and the last type is, um, oh, just a second. No, <laughs> I'm you're confused right now. You're fine. Uh, Clear cognizant, sorry. Yeah, no, clear okay. cognizant. So I think this is also a very few people. And it's um, it's also kind of like what you described, this knowing, like just knowing without knowing how you know, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. So um, yeah. And a great way to practice this uh, for everyone also is just journaling. So I feel that um, intuition and intuitive messages can really come through easy, easily on paper when you're writing. Sometimes I'm like just trying to practice this in the morning, especially because that's when you wake up, you have this um, clear access to your um, subconscious. Mm-hmm. And it just, sometimes it's like, it flows and it's incredible what you're writing. You're like, I'm not even aware that I'm writing yeah. this, but it's just coming through, you know? It's like the automatic um, writing. Yeah. So yeah, that, those are the four main times. I'm sure there's maybe more, but those are the ones I identified and that um, I think describes most people and how you know, and I think at the end of the day, it's really just about trying to trying different things and trying to really understand how your intuition works and how it communicates best with you. Yes. So it can it can change also over time. It can take different forms and all that. So it's just, um, yeah, this, this quiz is a, a, like a fun thing to start with to pay more attention to that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but I if uh, if your listeners would like are willing to take it it's it's just really fast and it's fun to do so yeah it was fascinating and I like I any anything that just gives me more affirmation that like I'm on the right path or that like you know it lines up with things that I've heard in the past just always gets me so excited and wanting to dive deeper because to be honest while I've always like known these two things about myself and my mom is the same way as well um and I think it's like is, I don't know if genetic would be the right word, but I'm pretty sure things, right? Mm-hmm. I think they are, yeah. Um, so. And so, I don't know. I, I haven't really, like, leaned into that part of my inner work, but I've been so intrigued and fascinated. And I don't know, just, like, taking your quiz and getting that result, I was like, oh, I feel, like, all the more ready to just dive into that a bit more and just to start yeah. experimenting. So I'm really excited to do that Um the vision with the body scan. I think that would be really, really cool. Yeah. Try it. Let me know how it works for you. I will. So I want to talk about your coaching practice. So what does that look like when you take on a new client or like how did, how does your flow go? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, what I I like to have clients for about three months because mm-hmm. I think that's when we can really do a lot of deep work together and focus on um, things that are really deeply rooted in them. Mm-hmm. So I usually just start uh, by doing some work around limiting beliefs, fears, doubts, and things that are really holding them back and ways that they are standing in their own way. Um, And just try to, first of all, identify what it is, like what the fears are and how they play out in their lives. And, and just really try to understand where it comes from and how it has maybe shaped some parts of their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think identifying it is really important because it's the first step to really see it because a lot of the time we don't really want to see that because it's not the fun part. Yes. But but it's so important. And then we can move into um, releasing it. So I use um, techniques like um, tapping. I don't know if you know, like EFT, emotional freedom technique. Yes. My grandfather used to teach that actually. Really? Oh, wow. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. And it just, it really helps me a lot to uh, tap on things that, um, that keep me stuck or just sometimes tapping on things that cause stress. Mm -hmm. So I teach that and how to do it for themselves and to um, start releasing the fears, the blocks and all that. So I think that's really the first part of the work. Mm-hmm. And then we can, we can really start kind of fresh and start, um, with, uh, building a stronger and, and really more loving relationship with themselves. And I, I like, I really like to recommend meditation, obviously, and all the little tips that I just mentioned Mm -hmm. to connect to your intuition, to yourself. So journaling is really great. Uh, Meditation, like I said, again, and um, like all kinds of things like that. And just really create this really strong bond with yourself. Because like I said before, I think that the relationship you have with yourself is so important because it reflects in in every area of your life. It really just shapes your life. So you want it to be really healthy and loving and supportive. And, and I also do some work around, um, all the, obviously the, the mindset, so mental dialogues that we have, um, because a lot of the limiting beliefs come from our head. So Mm -hmm. we might think that we're not good enough and it's usually, um, deeply rooted. So we've, probably started with it anyway with the um, releasing the the blocks and all that but mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing to continue practicing because like I said it can easily come back it's yes. not just like you do it once and it's done usually mm-hmm. um, you have to continuously work on it mm-hmm. so that's something uh, that is very important and just like setting goals that feel right to them and helping them get there, helping them create a um, vision for what they want and really setting intentions that feel right to them and little steps so that they can get there. So I think that's really, that that's what describes the work. But then it's really, it's going to be different with each person. Sure, of course. Lot, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have like uh, self-confidence issues like mm-hmm. and they need help around that or it could be body image and and so I have really helped them with that that's so great and I think it's so important to to be able to give these clients the space to really find out what's important to them like what when you were talking mm-hmm. about setting goals, like setting goals that feel good to them, it's releasing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in such a world of comparison, whether we realize that we're doing it or not. So to be in this safe space with you, they're given the chance to really hone in on what alignment means for them, what goals they personally want mm-hmm. to achieve, not what they think that they need to achieve, you know, mm-hmm. like how you felt like you had to go to law school. It's like you're almost that space just like releases that pressure for them to where they can, yeah, fully connect with themselves and be like, wait, this is actually what I want. And I don't really care what it sounds like to other people, you know. Exactly, because I think it's that what's been so important to me, like you just described, it's really about asking yourself what it is that I really want, what it is that what is it that I really need? Mm hmm. 
Yeah. And releasing yourself from that societal pressure, you know? Exactly. So hard. Yeah, it's so hard. And I think, you know, with with everything, like I said, with like what comes down to social media and just all of that stuff, but we get put on this um, autopilot path, you know, where we we forget to almost think for ourselves and not intentionally, but it just you end up going through the motions that, you know, eight months ago, if someone would have said, like, what do you like to do or what feels good to you? I wouldn't have been able to answer. I would have been Mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't know. Well, I'm with this person. So I guess I just like to do what this person likes to do, you know, and now for the (laughs) first time in like eight months, if someone asked, I could speak for myself. And it's just, I don't know. I think I'm such, I'm such a firm believer in life coaches and um, I'm just really, really fascinated by everything that you're doing. And I think that you're only going to help so many people. So really, really cool work that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say something that I just like, it just escaped my mind. Of course. Um, yes, it's about really just, I think, yeah, we've become so disconnected from ourselves and we are always comparing and judging ourselves and others. So I think it's really about trying to come back to ourselves and our truth and our authenticity. Mm -hmm. And that's what's the most important. That's the foundation of everything else. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, I want to play a little rapid fire here where I'm just going to ask you several questions. So just um, answer the first thing that comes to mind. Or if you have to take a second, that's okay, too. Is that okay? Yes, let's do it. Awesome. Okay. What is your mantra? Uh, my mantra is what is meant for you will never miss you and what misses you was never meant for you I really oh, love that saying that gave me chills I love that so good yeah mm-hmm. what's the best advice that you've ever received to just be myself and mm-hmm. start paying less attention of what others think of me mm-hmm. so simple like the words are so simple yet so hard to do <laughs> I know. I'm still working on it, though. Every day. Me too. Every day. Is there a book that you're currently reading or maybe the last one that you've read? Um, So I'm always kind of reading several books at at the time. But Mm -hmm. um, one that I started reading is A Course in Miracles. Uh, I read A Return to Love and I loved (sighs) it. And A Course in Miracles is obviously the the core work of it. uh, But it's a long, long book and it's not quite easy to read. So so it's going to take some time. I just finished a return to love last month and I think I dog-eared every single page. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So you recommend if, if I loved it, you recommend doing course in miracles. Um, honestly, when I, so when I first got a return to love, I also had a course in miracles and I was like, no, this is too much. So, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it right away unless you feel called to it because it's a little bit out there. Yeah. Um, But I felt it was the right time for me to try try it again. Yeah. If that makes sense. Fair enough. And there's also daily exercises. So I I like that. If anything, I read that. Oh, yeah. And just walk yourself through the exercises. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's daily messages and stuff like that. So that's that's pretty short and, and that's cool. Okay. Do you have a fa- do you have a fa- do you have a fa- do you have a one that you that uh, sticks with you or that you reread often? I think A Return to Love okay. is my favorite one yeah. right now that I think of. Yeah. Um, have you read? I'm just gonna say this because I feel like it would be a book that you would really like. But have you read Meet Your Soul by Alyssa Romeo? No, I haven't. Okay. Oh my Thank gosh, you. you're so welcome. I read this probably once a month. No joke. It's like. <gasps> my wow. foundation. Yeah. And I think that you would really, really resonate with it. So wanted to share. <laughs> Thank you. It's, yeah. it's a meet your soul, right? Meet your soul. Yep. And I can send oh. you the link separately too, but yeah. I'll put in the show notes for everyone else as well. Um, oh, yes, please. do you have a guilty pleasure or maybe a few? Um, I can't think of one thing right now. That's okay. Uh, also, I had an, um, a guest on a couple of podcasts ago, and I asked her, and she's like, well, I don't really believe in pleasures being guilty. And I was like, ooh, I love that. Yeah, our pleasure true. should not that's be guilty. True. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I agree with that, and I, there's nothing that comes to mind right now, so No, <laughs> that's okay. No, my gosh. Um, what about a song that's on repeat for you right now? A 
song on repeat. Um, I have like a playlist, so it's more like mantra music that's on repeat mm. than a song. But yeah, I love, I love um, like spiritual music, yes. and I also like folk music. So I I'll put a playlist and I'll just have it on repeat a lot. Yeah, all day while you're working. So good. Yeah. Uh, what is your morning routine? I know a little bit about this because I follow you on Instagram and you have a really mm-hmm. sweet story, like a highlight story of it. But for the listeners who may be not familiar just yet, what is your morning routine like? Yeah, so it's, it's actually different every day, which I really love because I used to be very rigid with my morning mm-hmm. routine and I had to do this, 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 this and this mm-hmm. every day. And it was just like exhausting and not really fun anymore. So well, it's not living from your intuition, right? Like if you wake up one morning, and you're like, that doesn't feel good. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So I have a kind of um, little menu of things I like to do in the morning. Oh, I love um, that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a new idea I've had, like intuitive idea. Um, I try to um, the first if I do anything if I do only one thing, sorry, is meditation. So mm-hmm. that's really at the top of my list. I love to do uh, yoga. Uh, just like a few stretches, not very like intense or anything like that. Just two stretch, especially my back and, and my hamstrings. So mm-hmm. I love to do that. Um, I like to also try to journal first thing when I wake up, if I think about it and write, write something, or if I can't think of anything, I'll just write what I'm grateful for. Um, I just started something new. It's called, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's just shaking your body. So it's like, it's basically just shaking your body. And apparently it's really good for stress release and for enhancing your mood and and all that. So I do that for five minutes now every morning because it's new. So I still enjoy it every day. Yeah. Um, Or I like to dance. Yeah. Um, A different version of shaking. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So it's like basically kind of the same. So if you don't if shaking is a little bit weird, just you can dance. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Um, what else? Um, I also started um, using this app recently. It's called Think Up App, and you can record your own affirmations. So, so oh, and then wow. hear your own, own voice saying your affirmation. So that's really cool. That's so cool. Um, yeah. Uh, and the uh, last thing I'll say is that I love to make a green juice in the morning or celery juice. So mm-hmm. yeah, almost every morning I do that yeah, or I have lemon with water if I don't have celery. <laughs> okay. So your menu, can you explain that? So did you literally just like write some things down that you like so that you can look at that in the morning and just see what feels good out of those options? Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. and after a while you don't even really need to look sure. at it anymore. You just know what's on the menu and you can just choose. I so I love like the idea that. of changing every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, and you can just like swap some things out. And I'm again, I'm so visual, so like that's something that I love like being able to wake up whether or not I need it, but just to like look at it and I don't know, yeah. it like resonates with me so much more. I love that idea. I might have to borrow that. <laughs> Yeah, please do. And it's also great if you if you have it for example somewhere that you can see if yeah. you ha- if you need a break uh, during your day and you're actually working from home, right. uh, you can just do one of those things. Maybe you need to, like, you can see it and just, oh, maybe this is a reminder that I need to move a little bit or that mm-hmm. I need to meditate for a bit or something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, that, that can be cool. You know what else, when you were talking about shaking your body and dancing, one thing that I've been trying recently is you know, when you are maybe not in a great heart space, since I know that's your favorite phrase, um, you're not in a good heart space. It's so easy to do something that matches that emotion, right? So what I've been trying to do is when I'm not in a good place is to purposefully do the opposite. So put on music that I actually don't want to listen to, something that's like really, really happy and actually force myself to dance and to feel that music and it's been so wild I'm not kidding within 10 seconds the emotion is like already transforming and I can feel it it's like this energetic thing that's undeniable you can't you can't force yourself to sit in that negativity when the energy doesn't match. It's so wild. It's the coolest thing. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. It makes me think of something, actually, because um, I don't know where I, I've seen this exercise. It's like if you're really getting angry or tense or something, just like screaming or like, you know, that uh, lion's breath where you stick your tongue out and you're like oh, yep. <laughs> exhaling uh, really yeah. loudly. <laughs> yeah. You do that like a few times and you just can't really stay mad for very long when you're doing that it's, it's mm-hmm. so it's so funny it's so or just funny. like 
trying to smile also when you're not really in a good mood that really mm-hmm. helps it actually I think sends really nice signals to your brain so absolutely that can be a easy tip to do if yeah. you can't do the first one <laughs> what about your nighttime routine do you have any sort of like a wind down routine that you flow with um, I actually don't really, but I sometimes like to journal and just meditate mm-hmm. and listen to um, like calming music before I go to bed, like my um, spiritual playlist. I like to listen mm-hmm. to that. And um, sometimes I'll I'll do um, like just burn some sage or something like that yeah. or, or have some essential oils that I um, put in a diffuser and just kind of create a, a nice and calm atmosphere. And yeah, I also sometimes put my, um, my legs up, like again, like my feet up the wall. So what yeah, does that do to just, yeah. What does that do when you put your feet up against the oh, wall? So, sorry, sorry. I didn't That's hear you. Okay. Um, it's actually really good for your, um, like circulation because you've been on mm. your feet most like all day mm-hmm. and it's just like, it's really nice for your legs and all that. And also, sometimes I think uh, massaging your feet can be really good, mm. especially if they're kind of if you had shoes on all day. Yeah, and it's really good for for so many things that I can't even I don't even know, but it's really I just feel really nice when you do it, and it just you know it's good for you if you're doing it. And yeah. I know that um, it it's linked to so many different um, areas in your body, so mm-hmm. just like massaging it can be a really really nice way too to wind down. Yeah, I've read that too. So I I take a bath almost every single night and then I'll massage lavender oil into the bottoms of my feet. Um yeah. because I've read that the bottoms of your feet absorb um the oils and stuff like that way quicker than most places yes. on your body. So yeah, I am also an advocate for that. Um what does mindfulness mean to you when you hear that word? What does that mean to you? Mindfulness is just being present in each moment and um, just like really coming back to your breath or what you're doing in that moment, Mm -hmm. I think, and doing everything with just more being present. Yeah. In every moment, I think that sums it up. (laughs) Okay. And lastly, where can people find you? Go ahead and list out like anywhere that people can can locate you on the Internet or get in touch with you. easiest would be probably Instagram. That's where I hang out most of the time. So Mm -hmm. it's at Sarah Lewis Co. And um, my website is sarahlewis.co. So it's pretty easy to Mm -hmm. remember. Um, I'm also on Facebook. So also Sarah Lewis Co. And I have a private Facebook group that's called HeartSpace and a new podcast that's also called HeartSpace. Yes. So yeah, that's basically where I am. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. This was so lovely. And I know people are just going to gravitate towards you. Um, you're, you're wonderful. So thanks for all the work that you're putting out into the world. Well, thank you. And I really love all that you do as well. So thank thank you you. so much for having me on here. I'm so happy that we were able to chat. Me too. Thank you, Sarah.